heart bears witness with our spirit that we belong unto you tonight. God, we're everything your word tells us that we are. We possess everything your word tells us we possess. We are victorious in you in the name of Jesus Christ. With your stripes we are healed. You bring peace that passes all understanding. You are our deliverer, our redeemer. You are our help in time of trouble. God, your strength is perfect when I'm weak. We are what you say we are tonight, Lord God. We possess what you have given unto us in Jesus' name. Father, we love you tonight and we worship you and honor you in Jesus' name. I give honor to you tonight, every one of you in this sanctuary, for your response to the Spirit of God, for you drawing him into this place. He inhabits the praise of his people. He's here. We've gathered together in the name of Jesus. And with him is everything he possesses. When he comes in, he comes in in fullness of power, fullness of life, fullness of wisdom, fullness of power. That's what's in this sanctuary tonight. Amen. I love you all. I'm thankful to be a part of this service. I'm part of this church body. Amen. The Bible says that it's pleasant when brothers dwell together in unity, right? Can anybody help me out? What, how does he compare that scripture? It's like what? The anointing oil that was what? Poured upon the head and it ran down. Amen. Why don't you lift your voice one more time and say, God, anoint my head tonight. Come on, right now in Jesus' name, God, anoint our head. I understand, God, I am no more free than my mind tells me I am. I'm no more set at liberty than my mind tells me I am. Anoint my mind, anoint my head tonight, God. Anoint this church. Father, we love you, we honor you, we exalt you, we magnify you, we lift you on high. Giving praise in Jesus' name, giving praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in this sanctuary tonight. Brother Morgan, you okay? I remember when my nephew, Daniel, we used to be close friends, fished together, rode four-wheelers together, played basketball together, ran together, and I could always outrun him. And he's about as competitive as anybody you're going to meet. And I remember when he outran me. And I realize as I've gotten older, you can't always play with the young guys. And Brother Morgan's realizing you can't always sing. You did great. You did great. That was some, ha that was some fast stuff, right? That, that was some, some big-time stuff. Very good, very good. Amen. I get comments from time to time, before service, after service. 
after service today, someone told me, said, you preach so long, we'll probably have to get carry out. We won't get a seat. As a pastor, you have thick skin. I mean, you just have thick skin. So I proved Sister Miracle wrong, and we got a seat. So, amen. She was kidding. All right, she was only kidding. She helps me out tremendously, though, because sometimes whenever you are ministering, you can't remember everything that you may have said or how it came across. Was it received properly or did I say it in the wrong way? So I ask her a lot of times, I ask her, I said, how, how was the service? How was that message? And she, she's honest with me. The other night, I asked her, I said, how was the message? She said, it started out rough, and it did. It started out rough. I was, I was, I was trying to sort through some things, and uh, she said, but it all came together. So she's my sounding board, and she's, she's my, the one that I, I count on to say, hey, uh, help me out here, right? Amen. I give honor to all of you tonight. I give honor to my my family. I give honor to the Lord tonight. I'm I'm so blessed. Amen. I'm so blessed to have friends and family. Amen. We've got some good things going on. Next Sunday night, we are having a baptismal service. Mr. Ethan sitting back there that's part of our Tri-State Christian Academy family is going to be buried with Jesus. Amen. And if I think his brother Eli is getting baptized also and possibly Cody and Xander back here getting baptized as well, so, praise be unto God. Praise be unto God. And maybe more. Maybe more. So, we'll just, we'll just uh, have the water warm and ready and uh, whosoever will. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they that gladly received his word, right? Those that gladly received his word were baptized, and 3,000 souls. I have to have a lot of help to baptize 3,000, but we would do it. We would do it if it took us all night in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to go with me to the book of Luke chapter 15, and I want to read verse 31. The story itself is probably very familiar. This particular scripture in the story is not always drawn out. This story has been preached probably since it was written. Probably second generation ministers were using this message that was relayed. All the way up to our day, people are still preaching from it. But it's here for a reason. It's here for a purpose. Luke chapter 15, verse 31, gives us a story of a young man that left home. He left rich, and he came back poor. He left somebody, and he came back nobody. 
He left feeling good about himself, about his future, about everything around him, but he came back not only poor financially, he came back poor spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. He was broke. We came in here Friday morning for chapel, and we take up an offering, and I think last semester we raised over $400 for missions. It's None of it stays in the school or stays in the church. It's all raised for missions. And one of the young ladies sitting right there, pretty close to where Mr. Davis is sitting, she said, I don't have any money. And one of the little boys said, are you broke? Hey, man, we can relate to being broke sometimes. Well, this young man came back broke in every sense of the thought, I guess. Stand with me, Luke chapter 15, verse 31. This is the father speaking to the older son. And he, the father, said unto him, the older son, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Pray with me. Father, we love you. God, what a beautiful day you've blessed us with. What a beautiful presence of the Holy Ghost in our morning service all through the day and in our evening service. We thank you that you visit with us. We thank you that you minister to us. We thank you, Lord God, that we're a part of this sanctuary, part of this church body. We're thankful, Lord God, that we're part of your body. We ask the anointing of the Holy Ghost to move fresh on our minds tonight, upon our heads, minister to us, and give us light, give us words of wisdom, give us understanding and revelation, and let us walk together in unity to fulfill your calling and your will for this day. We love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated tonight. I want to minister for a while tonight on all the fullness. The Word of God talks about gifts. It talks about callings. It talks about ministries. We see all these in operation throughout the Bible. Did you know that, even, that God could even use a donkey if necessary? It's like the young man that starting out in the ministry and he wore it out one night. He was preaching like crazy. One of the older guys got with him and told him, said, don't get too high-minded. God used a donkey too. So God can use a donkey if need be, but we see in Bible that's not his choice for ministry, right? The reason he used a donkey is because the man wouldn't listen. So tonight, I want to talk to you how God, in all the fullness, has a ministry and has a calling and has the gifts. And we see this in Hebrews 11. We realize that that's the Hall of Fame, right? That's the who's who of people that could do it the way God intended it for it to be done. They could do it with great faith and power and authority. They could face all the giants of their life and still come out victorious. They were the who's a who, the who's who of the ministry. And you know what? I believe we've got people among us today, if this was still being written down, and it is in a sense, but if it was still being written down for our Bible, I believe there would still be people today that would be talked about in the Scriptures because of faith. 
Luke 15 tells us the story of the young man leaving, losing his money, coming home broke, coming home full of shame, coming home with a thought, I just want to be a servant, not worthy to be a son. And we relate that. Now, talk to me for just a moment in your thoughts anyways. We relate that to God, right, and a backslider. Don't we relate that and we think that in the Scripture that that's what that's pointing to is that when a backslider or somebody comes to an altar of repentance that God is going to meet him there, her there, going to meet this individual and minister to them, how that we see the Father's love that whenever the son was a far distance off, he ran to him and wrapped his arms around him and loved on him, right? We relate that to that. Amen. All right, now if we can relate that to the young man that lost everything and came back broke, can we look at this next scripture and understand what belongs to you and I that are in the house doing what God's called us to do? Because the older son said, Dad, I was always doing what you asked me to do. I was doing my best. And I want to tell some people in here tonight, God sees your effort to do your better. You're you're doing good, but you're striving to do better, and he sees your effort to do better. I believe God wants somebody in this sanctuary to know that your effort to do better is not going unnoticed and he rewards those that diligently seek him. Now back to this this message. We need to understand what is ours. All that I have is thine. All that I have is thine. Think for a moment, if you suddenly was adopted into the family of Bill Gates, you became the son, the daughter of Bill Gates. If Warren Buffett came in here and said, I'm going to adopt one person and everything that I own now belongs to you. How many Big Macs would you eat? How many dollar value menus would you visit? You'd scratch that off, wouldn't you? How drastically would that change the way not only that you live, but the way you think? Anybody ever had pressure from finances on your... Me and Brother Willett, we've had that financial pressure. I don't know, sometimes it builds up, but think about this for a moment. If Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, two of the the richest people that that we talk about in in, in our great United States, if they adopted you, how would that change your life? You know, we love the rags to riches, We love to see somebody that is able to advance and do better because we see so many people that is going from from, uh, just scraping by, from 
hand to mouth, as they say, or paycheck to paycheck, right? Just just scraping by and wanting to do good. And all of a sudden, if Warren Buffett adopted you, how would that change your life? Can I tell you what's worse than being poor financially? That's being poor spiritually. Amen? Of scraping by, hand to mouth, Sunday to Sunday. Being poor spiritually is far worse than being poor financially. And we've all heard the story of those people who have money, yet they choose to live as if they have None or they're poor. Amen. You've heard the story of the person that's eating cat food, but yet they've got plenty of money. You've heard the story of the people that won't buy themselves anything, any new clothes, anything nice to drive or ride in or house to live in, but yet they've got thousands upon thousands of dollars. We've heard those stories. Think about this for a moment. Would it be... Safe to say there are people living today spiritually as if they're poor when God said everything I own is yours. All that I have is thine. All that I have is thine. That's scripture. So let me ask you tonight, emotionally, Let me ask you tonight mentally, let me ask you tonight, are you scraping by? Are you just barely getting by emotionally? Are you just scraping by mentally? This man in our opening scripture was doing everything he was supposed to do. but he was doing it without understanding that he was not only working for his father, get this in your spirit, he was working for himself also. You see, that went over his head. He thought, I'm just doing this for my dad, but his dad knew that everything I own, he owns, so anytime he made a deposit into the family account, he was making a deposit into his own life. Can we get that in the spirit tonight, that everything I'm doing to build the kingdom of God, I'm building my own life because it's all back to me. It's all brought back to me because everything in heaven belongs to me. Notice Ephesians chapter 3 because I love reading this, the writing of the Apostle Paul. I believe the Apostle Paul in, in some sense was just miles ahead of the average on Revelation. Do you know the Apostle Peter even acknowledged some of Paul's writings are hard to understand. I'm thinking, t- talk, talk to me about that. Think about that for a moment. We're talking about the Apostle Peter that had a revelation that Christ, who Christ was, who the Messiah was, but yet he said some of the things he writes is hard to understand. I believe the Apostle Paul was that person that was not 
content with status quo. Let me just skim the surface of this. I believe he was hungry for wisdom, hungry for, and dug into the word and the will of God and prayed like nobody's business to where he could get a revelation, an understanding, an anointing upon his life that he could see things in God that the average was not seeing. And he wrote more books than anybody else in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 21, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breath, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all, what's he say? All the fullness of God. But it comes with revelation, may be able to comprehend. You've got to understand some things and you've got to know the breadth, you've got to know the length, you've got to know the depth, you've got to know the height, you've got to know how this works so that you can comprehend that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that the what? What's that say? That worketh in us. Oh, God's got something for somebody and he's wanting you to realize the power that lies within you that you don't have to live a beggar in the spirit, that you don't have to be a beggar in, in your relationship with God, that you don't have to come in as a servant to a, as a master. You have to come in and understand the fullness of God. You have to know the depth and the height. You have to know the all these things that Paul is describing here is for us to get hungry and to begin to desire to know what God has for us. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages or throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Let me read that to you. Verse 18 and 19 in another translation. He said that you might be filled with all the fullness of God.
Jesus walked here on earth and the demon said, we know you. We know you. And they were scared to death, right? They were scared. Have you come to torment us before our time? We know you. In fact, they acknowledged they knew Paul. Paul we know, Jesus we know. Paul is wanting the church at Ephesus to know you can be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. You can be filled with the fullness of God. And may you have the power to understand. Ephesians 3, 18, New Living Translation. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You will be filled to the fullness, filled to the fullness of life and power. Amen. Do you know how difficult it was for the Apostle Paul to step into some of those cities and preach this gospel? Because he wasn't wrestling the people. Obviously, some of the people hated him, but he was wrestling spiritual wickedness in high places that wanted the name of Jesus to be wiped off the earth. You talking about somebody trying to stop the voice of the apostles? They were fighting every day with this. The Apostle Paul had to tap into something greater than himself, and he said, I'm reaching out, and I've been filled with the fullness of life, and I've been filled with the fullness of power. And he said, every saint needs to get a revelation that you can comprehend this. Every saint needs to be able to comprehend this. So, I believe that it's our duty, our responsibility to know, to understand, and to apprehend. I believe that it's our responsibility to dig in here and say, God, I want to know this, how to be filled with fullness. I want to be full of life, and I want to be full of power that comes from you. Now, let me help you understand tonight where this battle has to be won before we progress. They were singing the song Freedom. But I do not believe we're any more free than where our mind tells us we are. Some of you all can testify you've started a project and your mind told you before you even began you will not do this. 
And the struggle began at the very beginning because your mind had already made up this is too difficult of a task. In his second letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If God would allow us to have our eyes open tonight, what strongholds would be in Claiborne County? You see, we're in this little neck of the woods. We're in this Bible Belt. We're in this place where many people go to church. We're not in the streets of some third world country where they're chanting every day for the infilling of the devil. They're not sacrificing chickens out in the open and chanting and dancing and eyes roll back in their head and they're hoping that Satan will enter into their body and trying to cast spells on people. We're in a nook of the woods where when we go to the bank, we see somebody that goes to church down the road. If we go to work, we see somebody else that talks about last night's service or whatever it might be. We're in this little place where we're isolated from some of the things that's going on but in Claiborne County if you look behind the closed doors and you don't see what's going on where's what strongholds the spirit and truth worship center need to be tearing down what strongholds are in this sanctuary tonight right here in the mindset of some of you that's sitting in this church and you're wanting to be free and you're wanting to be delivered and he's saying God has a weapon that will cast down that that tears down that stronghold. You think you're going to win it. You think you're over it. And all of a sudden, that stronghold is right back holding you. Now, verse 5, it gives us some insight. And I, I, I thought I was beyond this. I thought that we were over this. I preached on this topic for quite a while. Verse 5, what's he casting down? Imaginations. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, Casting down imaginations. Paul said, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Church, this is not about the biggest gun or the person that can swing the sword. This is about who can control their thoughts and imaginations. You see, the psalmist said this. He said, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. We like that. But the next statement he made, he said, you anointest. What? You anointest my head and my cup runs over. I believe somebody in here needs your head anointed. 
I know for a fact I need my head anointed. And I believe if my cup's going to run over somewhere, it's got to get right here and my head's got to be anointed. If my head is not anointed, it doesn't matter where else I'm at because I'm not going to be free and I'm not going to be victorious. I've got to have an, an anointing. I've got to have a, a weapon that pulls down the strongholds and tears down or casts down these imaginations. I believe in, in this day, people are paralyzed with the fear of what if. They can't go forward. They can't be victorious. They can't have a smile for a full day. Their laughter's gone. Their joy's been robbed because they're concerned. What if this takes place? And Paul is saying, you've got to cast down that imagination. How many times has a parent told a child, you're letting your imagination run wild? Right? We're telling our children, they're, they're thinking all these thoughts and we're calming them down, saying, wait a minute, you're letting your imagination run wild. And you know what? That the, that's what the Apostle Paul stepped into this arena and wrote this letter and he said, you all are letting your imaginations run wild and you've got to have that anointing, you've got to have that power to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Will you do yourself a favor tomorrow or tonight and every time you think a thought, will you weigh it in the balance of the Word of God and ask yourself, is this the will of God? Is this what God wants me to think on tonight? You see, tomorrow morning, Monday's coming, and jobs are open, and banks are open, and your checkbook has to be balanced from a weekend of spending, and you sometimes go to bed on a Sunday night thinking about a Monday and how difficult the day's going to be because you've got to get the week started, and you've got to get all the way to Friday. Some people allow their imagination to paralyze them. The thought of the apostle in this passage is very simple. It is a contrast between the warfare of hands to the warfare of the mind and soul. He wrote to the church at Rome, and he said in chapter 7, verse 23, But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. I believe God wants somebody to be absolutely and totally free tonight. Amen?
I believe somebody wants someone to be challenged with this word that it moves you to a place of saying, God, I'm going to get this. God, I'm not going to live under this bondage. I'm not going to live under this stronghold. I'm going to cast down my imag- these imaginations, and I'm going to bring every thought into the captivity and obedience to your word. Stand with me tonight in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10 through 17, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The apostle Paul understood this very clearly. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If I could encourage somebody tonight, why don't you put on that helmet? Because it's going to protect your mind. Why don't you pick up this Word of God? Because it's going to tell you exactly who you are. This word right here is going to tell you what you own and what you possess. And I need to walk in the fullness. Amen. I need to walk in the fullness of life and power. And you need me as I walk on this platform to minister or any of these other ministers. You need them to be walking in fullness of life and power. And I believe that when the Apostle Paul showed up in a city, he was going to preach this glorious gospel. He was going to wrestle with principalities and power. But when he left, there was either going to be a riot or there was going to be a revival. But that city would not be the same because a man full of power and a man full of knowledge and understanding and a man full of life had just pulled into town and he was going to tell them what the Lord has said. Can you be that person on your job? Don't hang out with the grumblers. Amen. Don't get caught up in what the boss has done, not done. Let's be that one that's full of life and full of power. Amen. That's available to us. I've just got to get to a place I can comprehend it. Because he said, may be able to comprehend with all saints the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. To know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge, that you might be filled with all fullness of God. And another translation says that fullness of God is life and power. And if you understand, when God comes in, 
He comes in with all power, all authority, all knowledge, all life. Let's pray tonight, saints of God. Let's find us a place. Let's give ourselves into the hands of God. I know some of you all are facing difficulties. I know some of you all are troubled tonight. I know some of you all are, are what we would call up against it. I understand that. I understand that. Do not let your imagination run wild right now. Put that in the hands of God and say, God, you're in control. God, this situation's out of my control. I'm doing my best. I'm counseling my best. I'm talking my best. I'm ministering my best. I'm telling them my best. I'm doing everything I can to help. But God, in Jesus' name, we're placing it in your hands tonight. It's out of our control. God, we're placing this individual in your hand tonight. They're yours. You created them. You made them. They're in your likeness. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you love that individual more than I love them myself. God, in Jesus' name, help everybody to leave here free tonight in Jesus' name. Full of life and full of power. You made this available to us and you said greater works than these shall you do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, receive this tonight. In the name of Jesus, receive this tonight. In the name of Jesus, be set free tonight. In the name of Jesus, be healed tonight. In the name of Jesus, receive this word tonight. Amen. Set a fire down in my soul.